And we're recording, and recording. there's a... Recording! And there are blue lines showing that things are recording. Hooray! Ta-da! 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 In summer! Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bolsby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Welcome. And that was Wendy. And that's Melissa. Hey. <laughs> God, I don't know where that came from. You're hey Your head McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, was a pretty shit, good, I am. That was a pretty good Ed McMahon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm Ed McMahon. Oh, I'm going to just laugh jovially at every small quip. So we hey. are doing a podcast, uh-huh. and we are doing a podcast about naked people. Naked people, because <laughs> naked people. Way back when we were recording the first episode, we kept talking about naked people, and we were like, we should just do an episode about naked people. Yeah. In the movies, naked people in the movies, or, in, or just generally naked we, people. I don't know. I don't need that. No. I don't. Well, because it's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't thought of it. See, that's why it's got to be in the movies so we can all have the shared cinematic memory and or you of can look it people. up on YouTube or whatever porn porn tube. <laughs> you porn. You porn, porn tube. Por- I, there's probably both of them. Neither one sounds appetizing. No, no. Porn tube in particular. Porn tube. <laughs> like you're going to squeeze the porn out of a tube. Or, Ooh, or, I got to get the very last bits out. Or or the the porn version of Vimeo Pornio. <laughs> which sounds like a terrible Central American country or something. <laughs> I do not want to visit there. Anybody who's been to a nude beach will know that it, it's not... It's not nearly what you think it should be. No, nope, nope. No, there's a whole bunch of people there happy to be nude regardless of anybody else's thoughts on the matter. Yes. And good for them, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. If you're, you know, if you're comfortable enough with your body that you can you know, rock out with your, you know, out... Oh, come on, we can, we can say You can fucking say cock. 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 Oh, oh, you gotta tell the story. Okay. So, so, okay, rock out with your cock out, and now Wendy has a story that we absolutely have to tell on this podcast. Okay, so this is actually, actually a theatrical story, <sighs> told to me many years ago by Tim Wick, who still does the best cock. That didn't come <laughs> for you Tim oh yeah uh, all right there is a small theater in Minneapolis called the Bryant Lake Bowl it is a bowling alley with a theater inside of it and and a restaurant and a restaurant because so can, those things go together yeah so you can order food and beverages while you're watching a show it's actually kind of awesome mm-hmm. and it's a small little stage small little theater and the people who first started the theater had a rough go of it until they booked an act called Martini and Olive. And this was a duo, a male and a female, who did 70s songs, covers of 70s songs, and in sort of a comedy, satirical, snarky way. It was wildly popular, and it put the BLB, the Bryant Lake Bowl, on the map, and it has kept going for decades ever since. And so I think it was at their 10th anniversary, they're like, oh, we should do a reunion show with Martini and Olive and bring them back since we can credit our success to their show. And they had this huge, you know, hey, it's our 10th anniversary. We're doing a big 10th anniversary show. And they decided to make it an event. And they were even going to have an opening act. And so they booked as the opening act this little girl who was popular or known at the time for, you know, being that 
little girl with the freakishly large voice who'd been singing the national anthem at all the sports events and being on Johnny Carson or whatever. And they book her to come out and she was going to be their opening act, come out with her little Shirley Temple curls and sing torch songs and sit on adult patrons' laps and make everybody generally uncomfortable. The the Shirley Temple model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except... more uncomfortable much more uncomfortable the way the story goes and so she was going to come out with her little ringlets bounce around the stage sing torch songs that were wildly inappropriate for her age and at the end of her set she would say thank you ladies and gentlemen if you love the music of the 70s you'll love martini and olive if you don't love the music of the 70s you'll still love martini and olive And she'd go bouncing off with her little ringlets bouncing and Martini and Olive would come out and the crowd would go wild and everybody would have a good time. And that is exactly how things went for the first week of performances. And then came the fateful night (laughs) where our tale comes to fruition. Mm -hmm. So the little girl goes out and starts her set and is singing her little torch songs and playing with men's ties and generally, you know, making people uncomfortable and tittering uncomfortably. And she gets done with her set and she bounces back up on the stage and she does in her little Shirley Temple fashion with her elbows, you know, doing their little chuggy thing. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you love the music of the 70s, you'll love Martini and Olive. If you don't love the music of the 70s, you'll still love cock. (laughs) And off she goes, bouncing with her little curls. (laughs) And the crowd is sitting in stunned silence, jaws agape. That little girl just said cock. <laughs> and Martini and Olive are standing in the wings looking at each other. The little girl just said cock. <laughs> and the little girl is, la la la, off she goes. Because she has Tourette's and had forgotten to take her medication that day. <laughs> and this story is true. So true, in fact, that in the Minneapolis theatrical community... If you want to declare that some story you have told is the literal truth, you will say, it is true as cock. True as cock, I swear. And there is the cock story. (laughs) And if you ever come to Minneapolis, you should ask Tim Wick to tell the story because his cock is the best (laughs) cock. (laughs) I didn't think I'd hear that particular (laughs) phrase come out of anybody's mouth (laughs) and yet in context it is absolutely true and appropriate i've complimented tim's cock twice on this (laughs) podcast this is going to be the poon and peen episode the the poon and peen (laughs) which when i was at work reading my email i became uncomfortable at the fact that my screen was visible all from anybody walking by Let's do the Poon and Peen episode. Oh, I don't want to reply to this email right this second. I'll wait. Maybe I'll answer that. Close window. Phone. Close window. Close window. Abort. 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 I'll tap. I'll tap. I'll tap. Um, and honest to God, somebody walked up right at that second to be like, Wendy, what you doing? I'm not doing nothing. It's Melissa's fault. She works here. All right, so we started with the peen. We have started with the peen, and we have started with the wine. Ah, we yes. have tonight a Beaujolais Villages. Wow, you do not speak French. I do not. <laughs> Beaujolais Villages. <laughs> and then there's French words, and it says Louis Jadot at the bottom. <laughs> it, is a, it is a Beaujolais Village, which is villages, for those of us who well, speak I fi- English. I, f- I figured... That's Appellation Beaujolais Village Contrôlier, élevé et mis en bouteille par Louis Jadot, produit de France, fondé en 1859. I don't know what any of that means, but I can just. Oh, hey, the There's origin. The there is. Oh, the origin. It's an easy drinking wine. <laughs> well, we've already killed half of it, and we've only told one story. I like the idea of an easy drinking wine, like easy listening. Like easy listening. So we should have our smoking jackets. <laughs> and put on a, a little, um, oh, little light jazz. ambrosia from the 70s. <laughs> You're the biggest part of me. It is 100% gamay or gamay or gamal grape. 
It is a plump wine. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> a plump wine with notes of strawberry, black cherry, and spice. And it goes well with hors d'oeuvres, mild cheeses, or poultry dishes. And I had it with oh, peanut butter crackers. I'm... <laughs> I was, oh man, I missed my cue. I was gonna say pairing hors d'oeuvres, mild cheeses, or cock. <laughs> so naked people, naked people. <laughs> and the thing is, what we've got to we want to do a separate episode about like censorship and the Hayes Commission and all yeah. that stuff. So we can't get too far into it. But needless to say, nudity in the movies and censorship go hand in hand, especially mm-hmm. when you talk about it from a female perspective of why do we get to see all the bits of a woman and yet the penis remains the magical unicorn. It only comes <laughs> out in rare instances. <laughs> Interesting fact, I was a huge nut for unicorns, and I collected them until I lost my virginity. And then, honest to God, and it wasn't even conscious, after I started having sex, I'm like, why do I have all this shit? And I just gave it away. I mean, pre-Hays Code, you would occasionally see naked people in the movies. You know, the Hays Code being put into place about, ni- what, 1931, 1932? Yeah, I mean, they, they did nudity. It was yeah. rare. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it Although, wasn't. Although, <laughs> 20s fashion, uh, the, the flapper fashion and the 20s fashion and even the 30s fashion, there were not supportive undergarments for women. So oh, they no. may have been clothed, but... They left nothing to the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Marilyn Monroe in Some Like It Hot wears that one dress that she... Oh, oh, the jiggly one? Yeah. With with all the little... Okay, so in... It, it is a dress that is covered in, like, little dangly pearls, like, or little beads. Completely covered in... And, and she is so jiggly. <laughs> she and, is yeah. voluptuous. Oh, oh and, and, and it is a marvel to watch. <laughs> and, and it's like... I think this might be more naughty than being naked. Oh yeah, you just it, you're, you just whatever. watch that that shot where she's walking down a hallway. You watch her from the back. You go, whoa! <laughs> just I, I'm straight and I'm going whoa. You're just fascinated that there's so much happening and whatever is going on with the plot you don't i don't you don't know because you're just what 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 <laughs> how is that the physics are you could do a whole f- there's got to be some sort of like algorithm to figure that shit out meanwhile we need a uh ASL interpreter for audio to <laughs> interpret the gestures that Wendy is making to describe the shape of Marilyn Monroe. Just like what she's and she's I, so three dimensional and it's just <laughs> wow. And, and there's that one scene when she's in a, a spotlight singing her song and the spotlight very clearly was ending before her nipples because I'm pretty sure her nipples would have been visible in that dress. Oh yeah, you're just. could just breathe a little deeper what's going on there (laughs) i have a clear memory of a moment when i was like in my early teens that you know i had older brothers i have one older brother i have a twin brother and of course we had cable tv and we had the movie channel and that stuff so we had seen tits Mm -hmm. tits had been seen in movies and of course it was tits boobies (laughs) boobies <laughs> yeah you, and, uh, you get plenty of that national geographic and well even and just hbo and you know just yeah. the sort of light in, in the 80s hbo was filled of with the late 70s and early 80s you know the, are there tits in Smokey and the bandit i don't i can't remember are, but, it's I mean, been so long since i've there watched are the, there's the gratuitous tits in airplane oh yeah you know they're they're kind of sprinkled throughout Kentucky every, Fried Movie, yeah, and like yeah. all all of those. It, well, it God, got to the you point can get into Porky's and stuff by the like time that. I was fourteen, seeing a pair of tits was, who cares? No big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't a boy, but it was also just sort of expected. Oh, somewhere in here we're probably going to see tits. It's that kind mm-hmm. of movie. Oh, there they are. And then I think there was one where you even got like full frontal of a bush, mm-hmm. which. Let's face it, on a female isn't all that exciting visually. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a patch of fur. Um, but I it looks so downy. <laughs> I remember the moment when I sort of went, wow, you never see boys. You only yeah. ever see boys from the back. 
Oh, because it, there was some movie on TV. We were in Belmont, so that had to be like fourth grade. And I remember that you saw a man's butt. And I yeah. was like, what? Even that was rare. What? Even uh, it's a man's butt. And then he, I, if I remember right, he fell out a window. And as he fell, he turned and you could see his penis. I'm like, oh, there was a pee. What? There was a pee pee in a movie. <laughs> Are they allowed to do that? <laughs> and it wasn't titillating or shocking in a sexual sense. It was e- just even as a kid, like, what? You never get to see penises. I didn't think that was allowed. Yeah, I remember watching the finally watching the original cut of Terminator, you know, not edited down for TV, you know, like actually watching it off of VHS or HBO or something like that. And uh, I was a teenager, and I remember very clearly finally seeing that one shot of Schwarzenegger when he materializes in the alley and he's backlit and he's walking towards the camera and you can see a little bit of jiggling in the front there like it catches the light you definitely get some butt from him too oh you get you get plenty get plenty of butt but I mean like there was there was just like a little hint of something is there and I'm oh my god that I I saw a thing there's a penis there's a thing there and it's and (laughs) I think as women we don't get titillized by it, titillated, as much as just titillated. Wait, maybe it's a word. I can make. I talk Mm. English. I can make up any fucking words I want. You don't get titillated so much as just sort of surprised that it happened. Like, well, yeah, they're so rare. It's like like spotting a dodo in the wild. (laughs) It's like, oh my god, what? What? There was a penis. Like, like I don't know. Like maybe if you collect enough penis sightings, you get a prize or something. <laughs> you like redeem them at the local penis store. <laughs> get a toaster. Get a toaster. I want a toaster. <laughs> I, I, I spotted five penises on HBO. I got a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it, kind of the same thing with uh, To Live and Die in L.A., which was what 1987. Mm. But um, there's a scene where um, what's his nose, the lead of of that movie but he he gets out of bed and you see full buttocks but you also see the dangly bits underneath and it's like whoa what well, uh, this was the 80s how did how did he get away from showing his dangly bits from the back i mean that, <laughs> that's like full taint area on display <laughs> at least in american movies i mean you see nudity more often in foreign films of just about any era just because they weren't under the same censorship rules that we were. Well, I mean, and culturally, we come from our earliest founding fathers were Puritans, and mm-hmm. we still are battling all the fucked up of that. So speaking of, like, the foreign element and nudity in movies, Short Bus is a good segue. Oh, yeah. Because uh, John Cameron Mitchell, when he wanted to make that movie, what he wanted... He was very much inspired by the movies of the continent, of the European continent, and Mm -hmm. that they would have sex in a movie and it was no big deal. And it was just part of the story and there wasn't all of this freighting and, uh, you know, just so much blah around the idea of people are having sex. Mm -hmm. And he wanted, so he wanted to make a movie where people were really having sex as part of the story and even casting the movie was a nightmare. Oh yeah. The actors the actors got especially the female actors Mm -hmm. especially the female actors were really ostracized for taking a part in that movie because well it's just a glorified porn. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a delightful movie. It, I, I still have never seen it. I've read many articles about how it was made and the, you know, all the drama, the drama that happened around it. And well, there was, I need to see it. it. It's a really, it's actually a very good movie. I really like John Cameron Mitchell as a director and as an artist, as a creator. Because um, that's the guy who made Velvet Goldmine, right? No. No, I'm mixing him up with um, Hedwig. He, he did Hedwig. He did Hedwig. Yes. Yes. He gave up a successful career on Broadway to dis- and started making art. <laughs> art. Art. Because he was in the original Broadway cast of The Secret Garden, mm-hmm. for those of you who are way into their musicals like me. Anyway, so, <laughs> and I watched The Making Of when a friend of mine lent me the disc and I watched it, and it's 
sort of fascinating and it's they're they really have sex and it's not really again it's not really titillating um maybe it's maybe it's different as a female because i know men and women the way their brains get like eroticized is is a completely different function so i mean it was hot but it wasn't it's not porn Mm -hmm. i mean people are having sex but it's really not porn but during the making of there was a sort of fascinating bit where they were talking about how they wanted they needed to have full intercourse happening but they wanted to be safe for the actors Mm -hmm. so they were trying to figure out a way to protect the actors and that you know condoms were too visible well what about this and then finally and it was this thing of because female condoms hadn't really become visible or known yet and, and they stumble across female condom they're like oh my god this is great <laughs> and so they used female condoms <laughs> i'm just like bravo to you that <laughs> and there's yeah. yeah there's penises and there's pussy all over that movie and there's real sex happening there's an orgy at one point and everybody's having sex and the, fact- the gestures once again are extraordinary <laughs> Now, to go back to a comment you made earlier, it's, it's not porn, which gets into the the Daisy conversation of, well, what is porn then? Well, yeah, well, we talked about this on I, well, earlier yeah, we podcast. Did, we? You know, the idea that porn is something of, I lose interest the second I, right. I come. Right. Oh, I've come, I'm done now. Yeah. Which, you know, is most Michael Bay movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it exploded. I'm done. <laughs> Well, Requiem for a Dream could be one of those movies where you, there's like one copy that just goes around to a whole community of people. Yeah. It's like, this is really good. I don't want it anymore. You should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. Everybody should see it once. Once is really enough. And uh, it, it also gets into the nudity thing. Yeah. 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 The, With cause, the, um, um, the, the climax of the movie. So, so to speak. So to speak. Ooh. Well, then it's, it's so icky. It is so icky. And what's fascinating about that is the concept of how you sell yourself and how it addiction warps it. Yeah. Like, at first, the boyfriend is jealous that she's even going to have dinner with this other guy. Mm-hmm. But if she has dinner, then her parents will send the money. Yes. Yeah. she has to check in with him once in a while. And he's like, you're just going to have dinner, right? You're just going to have dinner. And then later on, once they are way starting to get way into the heroin addiction, he's like, well, you should go have sex with him so he will give you money. And yeah. he personally, not just money from your folks, he personally. And he's pushing her to have sex. And then, of course, by the end, she's just flat selling herself to anybody to get a score of heroin. Mm-hmm. And there's the very creepy party scene that's yeah, very the, the disturbing ended uh yeah uh, uh, and it's uh, not small it i mean i was cringing at that well uh, at, least, at least they lubed it up before that uh, happened uh, it, uh, uh, there's so much that's, and again why is it he loses his arm so he suffers physical mutilation mm-hmm. and she suffers sexual humiliation and, and in a sense mutilation even even in a movie that's so good that I I think is really great, it's like what is that true of our culture that that men don't because it seems like when a woman gets degraded, when a woman loses power, the first way it happens is sexually, mm-hmm. and with men it's not. Although the the other woman in the movie is also kind of problematic in that you know she. The the person who really breaks your heart is Ellen Burstyn's character. Oh yeah, and and she, her loss is through her vanity. Yeah, and what uh, you know, which is also kind of problematic because women are seen as the vain ones, and for whatever a, reason. And but, appear, well, and women women are held to a standard of appearance. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, how you look is very important, and and a lot of your status comes about because of how you look and how people perceive you, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, oh my God, is this going to be a heavy episode? This might be a heavy episode. Well, yeah, we need to drink more. We need to drink more. Well, Let's get but, into but, 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 more yeah. giggling about penises. When you think of famous nudity, it's usually still 
female famous nudity, like Basic yeah. Instinct with mm-hmm. the beaver shot, or when Jamie Lee Curtis finally flashed her tits in Trading Places. Yeah. Right. Although, what a pair of tits. Yeah. Oh, she was hot. Yeah. I will, I will give it that. What was that yeah. movie she I'm made? straight, and that was like, oh. <laughs> there, there was that uh, aerobics movie she made with John Travolta. Oh, my I goodness. I want to say... Yeah. Aerobics movie. Yeah, no, seriously. Are you, is this, is this a parallel universe? <laughs> no, I'm serious. She oh made, my God. She made this thing that was all about like striving for perfection and she was an aerobics instructor and I want to say Mary Lou Henner was in it. Huh. Wow. How am I, I, I consider you more the movie expert than me. Yeah, you have, well, you've gone off the deep end on this one here. <laughs> well, it was not really well known. But, oh, look at her. She still looks hot, even with oh, gray hair. Oh, she totally hair. does. And if she's had work done, it's been it, very it's, subtle. It's all that fiber yogurt she's been eating. Perfect. That was the name Perfect. of it. Perfect. Perfect. Was it John Travolta? I want to say it was he. A female aerobics instructor meets a male reporter doing a story on health clubs. But it isn't love at first sight. See, oh, look, it is John Travolta. I see. And he but has it's... hair that doesn't look creepy. Yeah, he's, oh, he, look at the two of them side by side. Oh, creepy. Boy. Hot. Creepy. Hot. Um, <laughs> director James Bridges. Yeah. the This was right when the aerobics craze was kicking off or it hit, you know, like on the way up. Ooh, there was a Razzie nomination for Worst Actor for John Travolta and Supporting Actress Mary Lou Henner and Worst Screenplay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Quotes. She's the most used piece of equipment in the gym. What? <laughs> the well, theme who came so- up with that? And the theme song is performed by Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah. 1985. Uh, oh, my God. So between Voyage of the Rock Aliens and Perfect, we have the Jermaine Jackson soundtrack pairing. <laughs> that was a tangent. Woo, All right. So Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's talk more happily about awesome nudity and go back to one of our favorites that we mentioned even at the first podcast, which was Eastern Promises. Oh my God, Eastern Promises. Penis Promises. Jesus. (laughs) Well, the thing is, though, that nude scene is so kind of disturbing because of the violence that is on display. I know. I mean, mean, it's a. I, I love. Violence in movies when it's done like that, where it's actually brutal, and it's well, and, and it and you it, you, it, you feel it. the cost affected. of it is yeah. real that you yeah. can, and the nudity just makes it that more visceral, literally. Yeah, but also vulnerable. Yeah, of uh, there, watch out! There's it. It's swinging around there. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> ooh, ooh! I feel danger for that. And and for those of you who have listened to the super to the um, pardon me, not Superman to the Bond episode with Romeo, you will know that anytime you fight in a bathroom, I get a little anxious because <laughs> bathrooms are dangerous. There's yes. so so many hard surfaces that you can break yourself against, and they're fighting in the nude in a sauna where it's all slippery and steamy and wet. Yeah, and they're naked, and and again, I have to say. Women in movies, when they're naked, it's usually about sex. Right. And titillation. Yeah, being on display. Tit- uh, all that tit- titillation. titillation. Yeah, it, it's about, it's all male gaze and being on display and all that All that stuff. stuff. But men, when they're naked, especially if there's a penis on display, it is usually not at all about sex. There may have been sex going on, but the reason you are seeing them nude is not because of sex. Well, it's either vulnerability or um, comedy. Vulnerability you... or comedy, or in a weird sort of way, power. Yeah. That yeah. I am so powerful, look at me naked. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, Dr. Manhattan and Watchmen. And I, oh my God, oh my God. Parents, I hate them. I hate other parents. We went to see Watchmen, and I could not enjoy the film. Not that it was a great film. No, it it had its moments. It had its moments, but it it suffered that problem of too slavish to the source material. That it it felt very stilted and yeah, and but, this happens and this happens and this happens. Anyway, but Watchmen, of course, Doctor Manhattan, naked, yep. Blue Wang, wee. Yep. Was was Billy Crudup 
like was that really his wang? I just think I just think like it was CG I think it was a little little tweaked. In, it, it was all C, you know a little bit of CGI here and there, but I, but was, I mean I mean was that were we seeing that or were they like we're gonna we're gonna mask in a different penis so that Billy Crudup was actually walking around in underwear and then they like CGI in a penis? <laughs> I got I don't know I got to find that out I should find that out because I can't help but think of. The poor man, I always feel bad for when I think of this poor man who had the job, Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, God, that, yes, yes, the, the Marlon Brando version of Island of Dr. Moreau, where <laughs> Marlon Brando insisted that the character would not wear underwear and would wear very thin, light clothing, which means Marlon Brando. Fat. Old, Fat old Marlon crazy Brando. Marlon Brando junk. Marlon Brando junk and ass. So there, there was this the CGI team that had to go in and airbrush out all of the ass crack and, and all the Marlon Brando peen that was showing through the white linen. There probably wasn't enough wine in the world uh, to make up for that job. I hope he got paid well. That poor, <laughs> poor man. That poor technician. I, I mean. It... I mean, not that we should be disparaging towards overweight people. I mean, they have a right to be oh, naked too. But but I mean, in this case, I am not it's disparaging. It's insane Marlon Brando insisting yeah, he be nude for no it's reason. It's not whatsoever. overweight penis that's upsetting. It's crazy Marlon Brando <laughs> penis. It's like, dude, dude. You're not worth it. <laughs> You're really not worth it. But so, I mean, to be to be fair, his reasoning wasn't that this is going to be sexy time for me. It's the well, yeah. If this crazy old island doctor doesn't really give a shit about societal norms, yeah, he probably would. He probably would go commando. Around. But as an actor myself, there are the necessities mm-hmm. of. While that may be true, we are not going to have your penis visible, Mr. Brando. Well, so yeah. let's come up with some flesh-colored underwear. Yeah, or the the <clears throat> Mr. Brando, this is going to be distracting from the rest of your performance, sir. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> um, no matter how brilliant you are, all anybody's going to be doing is looking at your pee-pee. Because mm-hmm. Marlon Brando's pee-pee. What the hell? <laughs> when you okay. meet a gent... <laughs> Once again, the, 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 Wendy's gestures are extraordinary. <laughs> she has a hand hovering around her crotch, it's doing sort of... jazz hands at crotch level, I think. <laughs> if it's two hands, it's a badge. If it's one hand, it's a penis. <laughs> to get back to my point about Watchmen. I could not enjoy the movie regardless of its actual quality because when we went to see it in the theater, some fucking idiot, either A, it's a comic book movie so it'll be okay, or B, I want to see it and I don't care that it's not appropriate for my kids. Oof. Either one is, I will kick you in the taint. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Romeo. Um, so this motherfucker brought in like a three-year-old. And this is, I have to say, one thing Watchmen got right is the violence was yeah. brutal. And there's a penis walking around, a big blue penis on the big screen, and then this brutal violence, and the kid was crying, and I did get a free movie out of it, because I complained afterward. Mm-hmm. I'm like, um, why did you let somebody in with a three-year-old? Because I couldn't enjoy the movie. Not just because the kid was crying, but also anytime anything would happen on the screen, I'm like, oh my god, there's a three-year-old watching this. Mm-hmm. This is really... Like when I went to see... <laughs> that that John Cusack thriller. Um, oh my God. What was it called? What, identity? Identity. Yes! Identity. I went to go see Identity and some motherfucking woman brought her three-year-old into that. Oh, Jesus. Because... And this really... That one was obvious of, I want to watch it and I don't care how badly it's going to scar you. I, I want to watch this psycho killer movie <laughs> so that pissed me off but since i brought up identity I... <laughs> how many you saw you saw adaptation right oh yes number three years <laughs> number... 
<laughs> and when he's talking about the three and how the killer and the victim and the cop are all the same person. Da, da, da. And it's presented as the most ridiculous concept uh-huh. ever uh-huh. in adaptation. And then identity comes out. And then identity comes out. And it's really creepy. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this seems very paranormal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder what's really happening. And then the big reveal happens. And I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? It's fucking identity. It's fucking the three. What? And then from then on, I was just like, I was like flipping off the movie. Like, this is stupid. You made fun of this, Hollywood. It's so... Uh, anyway, but that wasn't but yeah. penises. But, but, I don't know why but, I brought but, that up. But the thing is, um, <clears throat> I'd be less concerned about a three-year-old seeing a penis in a movie than, than, the, a, violence. than the violence. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, we shouldn't be ashamed of our bodies. And if it's not like a right sexualization or you know it's just yeah, somebody I walking mean, around naked who cares yeah but i mean in our culture in our culture though, yeah most people would be like oh, <gasps> you let your three-year-old see a penis oh my god and not but my my point my rebuttal would be yeah but it was blue so it's like a cartoon so who cares <laughs> so who cares although it was billy crudup's penis even if it was a fake cgi penis he is a very pretty man. And mm-hmm. so I want to believe that really was his penis. Part of why I love Eastern Promises is because that's Viggo Mortensen's penis. I think he's a very <laughs> you're, attractive man. You're all for the real penis. I am really for the real penis. So you must have been kind of bummed out by the prosthetic penis at the end of Boogie Nights. I really, because I know, you know how much I love Mark Wahlberg. Oh, but yeah. I'm, that was a prosthetic penis in service to the story. True. It was not about the actor being bashful or shy. Yeah. It's that this act, this porn star is supposed to have the most amazingly long schlong ever. Mm-hmm. And so when you finally see it, and again, a movie about porn mm-hmm. and the porn industry, and there's tits everywhere, but you don't see a penis till the end. Yeah. And it's flaccid. I don't know that I've ever seen an erect penis in a conventional movie. Well, you need to see Holy Motors. <laughs> well, that's right, because there's, there's the bouncing. Yeah, there is a full-on erection. Okay, Melissa did the gesture this time. <laughs> well, yeah, I did totally jazz hands over the crotchal area. Yeah, full. Yeah. And it was sort of up here waving at yeah, you. Yeah, and you were totally boinging around. So, yeah, uh, Holy Motors is full-on erection. There is. There For is minutes. It's, implied it's a Implied erection scene. in Skin Deep, which was the John Ritter film, where there's oh, yeah. the glowing condom scene you don't don't see the penis but you hear him talk about glow-in-the-dark condoms and then the lights go out and then suddenly there's these this sort of bobbing comma walking around in the dark and then there's somebody else i don't remember how they did it in the course of the movie because it's not a good movie but there were two of them one was like red and one was blue which was like lightsabers yeah i I was gonna say there's got to be a sort of but it was that sort of sex comedy thing of oh is there somebody else here and like they couldn't see each other's glowing penises i'm very confused by that but you could see two like sort of upward slanting (laughs) glow in the dark line sort of Bobbing, they were. Very, it was very realistic penis movement. I have to say, I. I'm, so I'm wondering if people were like walking around with dildos in the dark. <laughs> I kind of want to think, but no, they. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, hold on, hold on. Dildos in the dark. I want. I want that to be the title of something. <laughs> it does sound like the name of a, like, oh, like a porn musical. <laughs> Dildos in the dark. Dildos like, in the dark. Like dancing in the dark, only different, right? <laughs> but no, in sk- what I remember, though, is the scene that they bounce in a very realistic way that penises do when you walk. So I kind of want to believe it really was erect penises that they were filming. That's what I want to believe. I don't know the truth of the matter, though. John Ritter was brilliant. It's too bad he had. I, I, th- I think the movies. mechanics of actually using real erect penises in a scene like that would just be kind of daunting because you'd have to get the men hard and keep them hard through various and, shoots. Well, it's not like they don't know how to do that. Yeah, and porn does it all the well, time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it'd just be easier and probably more, you know, budget-wise to, to just, just get two dildos and have two spring. people on in a spring and just kind of hover them around in front of the camera. <laughs> 
Your dildo puppet trick. I worked. Okay, Can okay. Can you imagine okay. that on, on your credit, on your resume? I worked on Skin Deep. What did you do? I was a dildo puppeteer. <laughs> Let's see, are, are we sticking to trying to follow the path of the penis through film? Or are we... Well, are, the path of the I penis mean, is much more... It's you, Like we said, it's a more rare sighting. I mean, yeah. if we just I, Although, about, I will say, there are a lot more penises in film these days than there used to be. Oh, yeah. Like, over the, like the last 10, 15 years, penises... And it's in, much less yeah. like, holy shit, a penis, it's got to be an X. Uh, oh, no. yeah. No, you can you can show a penis and it's fine. Although if they, I have a feeling if they tried to do anything with the penis in the same way well, that well, you did see Jonah Hill masturbate in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, this that's year. true. But his hand was kind of doing covering up most of what he was doing. Yeah, but but still, that was that was like <laughs> well, the the uh... there was a lot about Wolf of Wall Street that was. I mean, there was the candle in the butt. Yeah, the, oh, the Wolf can... of Wall Street. I don't know. <laughs> what did the MPAA say when they said that? I just uh, what I have to think is that <laughs> that Martin Scorsese put so much that was objectionable in that they were like, "Oh my God, you have to take all this out." And when he took all that out, they're like, "I'm fine with the candle in the asshole and the jacking off in public." Compared to what you tried to get it okayed. <laughs> so it's the old Alfred Hitchcock technique of putting so much objectionable stuff that, you know, you only take out what they request to Yeah, take like out. if you put in ten times what you wanted and then, oh, look, the ten the ten percent I wanted is okay now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what, what is the pussy? Well, I mean, I don't pay as much attention, but, I mean, there's tits galore. Like, mm-hmm. we looked up, dear listeners, nude people in movies. Yeah. And there was this list of the most gratuitous nudity in movies. And one of them was, of course, Titanic. Titanic. Oh, yes. Draw me like your French girls. Yeah. <laughs> Draw me like your French girls, please. Which, why is that necessarily gratuitous? I actually oh, think... Oh, I don't think it is. I think it totally serves the story in mm-hmm. that this is a girl who is trying and craving freedom. So, of course, she's going to be like... Look at me, I'm naked. Mm-hmm. And I'm naked in front of you. And draw me. Draw me being naked. Look at me. Look at how much of a rule breaker I am. Whoa. And so, yeah, who cares? It's boobs. Yeah. Basic instinct, which, by the way, everybody talks about the beaver shot and... You never see anything. You don't. It's just a shadow. Yeah. I'm like, you, you can't see. I have watched the film more than once and I'm still like, I don't get it. It's just... How do you know she doesn't have underwear on? It's just dark. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh. But at least there, it's actually, the shot, as implied, is actually much more anatomical <laughs> than the normal standing up sort of, look, yeah. I have fur. Although I was uh, fa- kind of fascinated by, there's a scene in uh, the first Harold and Kumar movie where, I think it's the first Harold and Kumar film, where they go to the pool party and all the women are naked and, like, they're completely full frontal and there's a woman who walks by with like red white and blue bush <laughs> that's the second one and that's the second one okay yeah. okay i i watched them back to back so they kind of blur together and there was a mound of white castle and i don't know why i even went there but <laughs> oh god i yeah when when harold and kumar go on their search for White Castle. I enjoy the movie so much, and yet the central concept, I'm like, why? Yeah. Now, or, now here's a, you know, here's the wonderful thing about Harold and Kumar is that it passes the Bechdel test. Um, it passes, like, the racial Bechdel test because the main characters are non-white, yes. and they're different races. And it's not really a movie remarkable. about them as their race stereotype. Right. Oh, and also for all... in at least for the second movie, uh, you know, for all the female nudity, there's also male nudity because there's that joke with the guy who's holding the pool party and, <laughs> and all the hairy bits. <laughs> oh, 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 God, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk about Starship Troopers. Yeah. I kind of like the use, use of nudity in Well, that yeah, because when we were looking up the gratuitous, again, the gratuitous nudity scenes list, they put on their Starship Troopers, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah. In fact, 
I like the nudity in Starship Troopers mm-hmm. because I like the concept that in the future we've gotten over our fucking bullshit about bodies yeah. and about co-ed military, mm-hmm. right? That you can have women in combat and the women and the men just shower together because who cares? Right. It's just a body. And if you're wanting to have sex with it, that's fine, but that's something completely different. Right. I actually like the co-ed shower scene in that all that it implies about the military structure mm-hmm. and about the future. I actually am like, yeah, that's cool. You know, the more I think about Starship Troopers, and I actually need to revisit this film because I've seen it like once and it was a while ago. The more I think about it, the more I think it's... It, the first time I saw it, I go, oh, God, this is it terrible fucking movie because it's so cheesy but the more i think about it it's like it's actually kind of a smart film in a lot of ways it's a really good satire but it was marketed poorly yes and i think that when he made it he didn't want to point out it was a satire because he was satirizing Things that people don't want made fun of. I've never read the book it's based on. I haven't either. But I, but I take it that the book is not a satire. No, wait, I have. I did read it. And the book is not. Oh, no. Yeah, the book so, is pure military sci-fi. Yeah. And what he did was really point out the whole media part of it and also how the military twists things to their own purposes. Now, that said... Doogie Himmler. Doogie the... Himmler is brilliant. That it's... hands down, that's always been brilliant, no matter what. But I mean, that whole that whole thing there is not in the book, and also it is really fucking ridiculous, which is again kind of the point. But I, there is one thing looking back on the shower sequence that bugs me, which is all while I liked the concept of the shower sequence, it was all waste up. Yeah, tits are okay. No penises allowed. <laughs> now, I'm wondering if uh, Paul Verhoeven, if he had made that movie overseas, if he would have made a different decision about filming that scene, rather than mm-hmm. filming a waist up, bringing the camera out so you could see everything. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that could have been a completely a decision made on, based on, okay, the American market's not going to go for the full-on version of the scene. Yeah. And then, of course, there's American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Again. Oh, now, now American Psycho is fascinating because it's directed by a woman. Yeah. Yeah, and and Mary Heron, is that her name? I don't know. I, th- I think it is. Um, she very deliberately is turning the male gaze in on itself during that film. Oh, it, it, yeah. it is absolutely fucking it, brilliant. Oh, it just lingers. R- written by Brett Easton Ellis and others. Yeah, Brett and Easton Al. Ellis. Now, there's a person I have problems with. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, oh. the, I again, when we, it's not, even though when you see him running around naked, it's, he has been having sex or implied that he might be having sex. And yet he's running around naked with the chainsaw. Yeah. So again, when you see a penis in a movie, it's not about sex. It's about something else entirely right especially in that movie because (laughs) that movie for all that there's a lot of sex going on and like there's that one scene where he's there's once again the hand gestures are (laughs) happening he's sort of pounding away but sort of and he's looking in the mirror isn't there cocaine does he oh i'm sure there is yeah it's been a long time since i've seen oh there's tits in harold and kumar we forgot to mention that when uh, Doogie Himmler. <laughs> oh God! When he's snorting the cocaine off of the hooker's ass, off of the hooker's ass. while standing up through the sunroof. I just, that just coming love that over so him. Much. Just <laughs> only because he's gay as a tree of parakeets. <laughs> <laughs> and Wendy is done. <laughs> Gay as a tree of parakeets? Gay as a bag full of butterflies. (laughs) Oh my god. A tree full of parakeets. I've never heard that Oh my god, you haven't? How have you been in theater and not heard that? I have, no. I have not heard that. Oh man. Well, 
I've heard lots of expressions, but I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> gay is a tree full of parakeets. That's pretty fucking gay. He really is. And he is. He's super gay. Oh, he's, he is. He's, he's, he's extra awesome gay. Oh, yeah. But you still buy him as straight, especially in that movie. Oh, I love when he's dry humping he's the a, seat. He's, he's amazing. And he's, I'm balls, tripping <sighs> balls, man. We should talk about full Monty. Let, yeah. Because it talks about going full Monty and never does. And then at the end, which it's a movie that is entirely a long setup so that it's it's the long setup to a really great joke and then the punchline is the final dance number which is super enjoyable because you've lived with these characters now mm-hmm. for so long and yet for a movie about the full monty you never actually see anything <laughs> i don't think you even see butt uh, actually it, i think the final shot is the butt do you see butt i think you do see the butts in but, the final shot but the you don't see the penis you the, don't you, you know you don't see the front because that would be unacceptable why i don't know i don't know maybe they felt it wasn't necessary i mean well, they, i mean they, i mean it the kind point of isn't the, yeah the point of the movie is the arc of these characters it's not actually that they're going to be naked even though that's what's important to them the point of watching the movie is to watch them confront this yeah, yeah and everything that it implies culturally yeah yeah but the full monty you never actually see a penis even though it's all about we're going to show you our peen. Now, didn't they do a live stage show of the Yes, Monty? and they... Do, do they go full Monty? They go full Monty, but they do oh. the same thing they do in the movie. Oh, they turn around? Where the lights go out. Oh. The lights go out right at the moment when they're lifting their hat. Oh. So you don't see anything. Now, that said, I, rem- I have a vivid memory of seeing King Lear when I was in college. <laughs> wow. When I was in college in Kansas City, and when Edward goes mad, his mad speech, <laughs> he got naked. Nice. On stage. And it, I mean, it was a really good choice. Yeah. But it was also, I, it was the first time that I had seen nudity on stage. So I'm like, oh, you're going there. And what was so funny was to watch the audience get very still. Oh, he's going to, oh. We appreciate art. We're at a Shakespeare play, so this is okay. <laughs> I just I I think the first time I saw an adult penis in person was at a stage play. I know, right? I wound up at a uh, production of Marat Saad. <gasps> oh, when I was a teenager, it was at the Guthrie. Here in Minneapolis, uh, the old Guthrie, when it was still attached to the Minneapolis, or the uh, the Guthrie, or the, the the Guthrie attached to the Guthrie, the Guthrie attached to the Walker Art Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in a play, a one-act play called Requiem, and the one of the three directors of the play, the, they were all student directors, and one of them was the son of... A person who actually had a SAG card who was in Marat Saad at the Guthrie. So we, we, like all 18 of us, got in for free to see Marat ah. Saad at the Guthrie. And for those of you who are not familiar with Marat Saad, it is fucking insane. Oh it my is, God. It, it is about the Marquis de Saad directing a play at the Charrington asylum where he was housed for many years mm-hmm. and so it's marquis de Sade and crazy people on stage live naked, naked. <laughs> i did see puppetry of the penis when i went to the edinburgh Ooh. french festival too Ooh, i am super envious i've <laughs> it I've was kind of a, it was kind of awesome actually they come out and they've got their high top sneakers and capes and you, you know that they have to get naked at some point. And so they come out and they're talking to the audience, you know, about what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And then there comes a point where like, okay, let's get down to it. And they whip back their capes and they're naked. <laughs> and there's this sort of, oh, this is happening. <laughs> and they have, because of course it's puppetry of the penis or genital origami. And organ origami? Organ <laughs> <laughs> they have a cameraman whose job is to stay close on their penises while they do shit and it's being like projected projected so because we were pretty far back we couldn't really see 
like the details. So it's like, oh, look, you can see on that screen there. And like within literally within two minutes, it was not, a, you were like, I, it's not about being naked. It's about you're doing what? <laughs> and they were like, there's, there was the slow emerging mollusk where they sort of tucked it all in and it just, <laughs> <laughs> there was the hamburger where they kind of took the balls and the penis and sort of wrapped the penis across and squished the balls and it looked like a hamburger. It was, and oh my God. there was the helicopter with, which was exactly what you would think. Um, they did sort of a sailboat where they grabbed the scrotum and stretched it. I mean, they got <laughs> the hand gestures are extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, we probably had enough. We do need to do listener questions. Oh, yeah. We should do Ryan's. Yeah, let's do Ryan's. Okay. okay. Okay, so before we do Ryan's questions, we should wrap up about nudity, which is there's a lot of fucking nudity out there. And one thing I can applaud is we are finally seeing more male nudity. Mm-hmm. Yay. Because I would like to see more equity in what is acceptable to show on screen, yeah. first off. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Because why Why is a woman's body so available, mm-hmm. but a man's is more sacrosanct? Now, the next step would be I would like to see more equity in terms of why we are showing the body. Because a woman's body is generally still shown as, ah, mm-hmm. and a man's body is right now at least it's being shown but it's always being shown in a context that is still very much about maintaining the power of the man or pointing out he's naked that must mean he's vulnerable anyway that's my thoughts on that yeah those are good thoughts and i like those thoughts oh good thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right so ryan So, so we have uh listener questions from ryan or rather listener answers to our questions and it says ryan ryan parentheses hello Hello. yes question question number one is who are you and he answers ryan parentheses hello exclamation point parentheses um now i should point out that i know this ryan so do i this is ryan alexander who's an old friend who now lives in the uk and i don't see him nearly enough so i'm excited to know that he's been listening yes he's, he's an expat yay so uh question number two is what do you do i wrangle tech and also wrangle those who themselves wrangle tech so he wrangles tech and technicians yes wrangle wrangle (laughs) wrangle wrangle number three what is in your dream pleasure dome (laughs) let's see if i can get this the way he wrote it (laughs) cocktails spaceship So, number four, give us a Pleasure Dome recommendation. Ryan recommends fun documentaries such as Jiro Dreams of Sushi, remakes, The Good, The Bad, and The What the Fuck, movies that came from video games, and this guy. And there's a link, and we'll link it in the show notes. Juzo Itami. Oh, and also, Ryan thinks that we should make an episode where you make a drinking game out of films about booze, because meta. Holy (laughs) shit, that's brilliant. He also thinks we should have more foreign films. Yes. Booze movies. Booze movies. I was just thinking about Cocktail, that shitty-ass Tom Cruise movie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cocktail? (laughs) Way to bring it back around. Oh, my friend. Do you know it took me forever to realize what the fuck sideways was referring to? <laughs> I'm like, oh, because you lay a bottle. Sideways. sideways. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> it's like cock, only dumber. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, listeners. Thank you. And thank you, Ryan. And uh, listeners, if you would like to answer our questions, please go to our website at xanaducinema.com. Dot com. Dot com. And there's a there's a button on top that you click into clickety-click to answer our questions. And they're they're very easy to answer. As you can and tell. As you can tell. There's only four of them. Yes. And one of them is, who are you? And <laughs> hopefully you can answer that one right off the bat. People seem to do well on that one. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Pretty. They're, they're pretty uh, a plus. A plus in question number one. So, um... <laughs> 
the the other great thing is uh, since number four is give us a recommendation if you have already answered our questions once you can always go back again and give us more recommendations and recommendations I keep saying this they don't have to be movies they yes. can be YouTube clips yes songs cartoons comics mm-hmm. books a t-shirt or like what Ryan did this guy. <laughs> and once again we'll we'll have this link in the show notes i think there should be more links to t-shirts because you know what's awesome in your pleasure dome wearing the right t-shirt that's true so okay um i have been windy i have been melissa and this has been xanadu cinema pleasure dome thank you for listening Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Have we had a movie with David Hyde Pierce and Neil Patrick Harris in it? I don't think so. If not, why not? They should. I know! That would be awesome. That'd be like the gay Avengers. (laughs) 